coming up. I mean, who says if something happens to me, if they're not in danger? That's not just something you automatically say or just put out there. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. In January of this year, the family of 22-year-old Tierra Lott says she video chatted with one of her friends and that it appeared she'd been beaten up. We knew she got beat up by her face. Her face was swollen. We knew she was beat up. The friends asked for an address, wanting to send an Uber to Tierra. But the phone hung up, and 10 minutes later, they received a message. The phone hung up, and that's what she said. Like three or four people, a group text saying, God forbid if anything happened to me, I love y'all and tell everybody. Claudine Ewing, reporter and anchor with WGRZ in Buffalo, New York. Let's go back to January when this 22-year-old woman, Tierra Lott, is reported missing. What were the circumstances surrounding her apparent disappearance? You know, what's important to note about this story is that uh, I remember seeing a post on social media. uh, There's a missing girl. Her name is Tierra Lott. And there wasn't really any news coverage about it. Um, as we all know, a lot of times there are missing persons out there. But this one kind of hit me. I'm thinking, wow, where is this girl? What's what's going on here? And then it just kept going on for a couple more days. So I remember reaching out. Um, I spoke with her mom. And um, when I called the mom, I said, you know, your daughter's missing. You know, has she done this before? And she was like, no, and we need news coverage. We need somebody to help us. So Um, I met up with her in a local park, and uh, when I say she arrived with other family members and you could see it on their faces that there was a problem, um, as a reporter, I immediately got that sick feeling in my stomach that, oh boy, I think we got a missing woman and this may not go down well. Channel 2's Claudine Ewing spoke with the missing woman's family earlier today. To watch a mother cry because she hasn't heard from her daughter that she normally hears from on a daily basis will make anyone stop and think. And so for the mother of Tierra Lot, she wants to know, where is my daughter? We looking for you every day, baby. Mommy ain't stopping. I'm never stopping. You're not going to stop till we find you, T. So it turns out from the mom that her daughter, Tierra Lot, um, had a had a boyfriend. And um, they really didn't know much about him, but because she sent a message um, and did a, a video chat with some of her friends, pretty much saying something along the lines of, um, if something happens to me, just remember I love you. And so the last time they heard from her was January 29th. And as I mentioned, the mom told me that she video chatted with her friends um, and when she video chatted with her friends, they say that her face appeared as if she had been beaten up. Um, and she said that she was sore. And so when they were asking her, well, where are you? What's the address? We will send an Uber, Lyft, whatever, um, to pick you up. The phone hung up. And then I think they said about 10 minutes later or so, um, she sent out um, a message um, or text message saying something along the lines of, God forbid, if anything happens to me, I love you all and tell everybody. What concerned me most of us, she said the SOS and then the phone went dead. Then nobody could call her. She wasn't calling us. That's not like Tierra. So to hear that from a mother 
was devastating. And from her sisters and her close friends, they were devastated and they searched high and low around the area where she was last seen or heard from. And then it turns out there was some surveillance video of her um, getting in a car or leaving a house. Um, and then it, they started to learn more. They went to the house where they found out where she last was. And then the mom was able to recover, um, I think, some of her daughter's clothes and her ID. And that right there said, um, there's a problem. And the mother cried when I talked to her about that because she said, why do I have my daughter's ID? Why do I have my daughter's clothes? There's something wrong. How did I end up with my baby coat that she had on Friday night in a video with him? It's back in my possession with her IDs in it. And she was exactly right. There was something wrong. Um, and then police, you know, they, they started to step up the search even more after that. I was going to ask, as the family is starting to search for Tierra and they go over to this home and they're finding these different, you know, possible clues. It sounds like they were sort of conducting their own investigation. Was law enforcement involved throughout that whole time? 100%. The family was conducting its own investigation. Police became aware of it. Um, and then I don't think they were on top of it as hard as the family was. It's obvious mm. they weren't. They, they just weren't. Um, and so that also goes to show that sometimes when media gets involved, that kind of steps up the pressure. Um, but it's unfortunate because if, in fact, when she was making these video calls and these text messages, she was still alive and they were out there trying to get help, could she have been found alive? Could something have been prevented? I mean, no one ever knows. But that is a bone of contention for sure with this family. What about this boyfriend that she was last with, at least as far as we know? During this time, is he involved with the search at all? Is the family in touch with him? Do they know where he's at? I recall talking to the mom about that. Um, obviously, at that time, you, you just can't put this man's picture on TV. And like he's wanted because he was not clearly wanted by police. But the family from day one... Um, they had his picture, they had it on a poster, um, they had not heard from him. Um, I believe, uh, Tierra's mom told me that she even reached out to, uh, the boyfriend's mother, um, but nothing, nothing. No, he was not involved in the search. What was ironic is that at the time she was missing before her body was found, the mother said that people saw him uh, driving around in the neighborhood, but he had apparently been switching cars. So they weren't sure if he had rented a car, took that car back, got another car so that he couldn't be, you know, identified driving this particular car with this license plate. So that was a concern. But they, when I say they were truly on it, they really were on it. Um, because, you know, they were getting, information fed back to them, but they never saw him or they never um, spotted him anywhere. You mentioned that this search unfortunately ends in the way that nobody wanted it to end with the discovery of Tierra Lott's body. Tell us about where her body was located. Her body was found not too far from the house where she was last seen or where the family thought believed she last was and where her belongings were found. Um, actually, it was along some train tracks. Um, 
I was told it wasn't a good look. Um, police still have not really said too much about um, her body, but uh, she was found along train tracks. And what's interesting is that this just goes to show you how much this family was searching. They were searching train tracks. Um, it was just that particular area where the train tracks were, that area they did not hit. Um, I, I remember somebody saying to me, maybe it's a good thing they didn't because what mother would want to find her, her daughter's body like that? Um, but she was found along train tracks in February, a few weeks uh, after we did our story and actually a few weeks after she had been reported missing. You said that police didn't offer too much detail, but they did clarify pretty quickly that she was killed, right? Yes, they did. And it was ruled a homicide. Um, The family did say that her body was found uh, along train tracks and her body had been wrapped up in something. Um, But the cause of death uh, still has not been revealed publicly. Tell us a little bit more about Tierra Lott. What have you learned about her through your reporting? Well, I know that she was a 22-year-old young woman, um, very family-oriented. You could tell she came from a family where uh, they just enjoyed life. Um, Mom talked about her. You know, she had had a boyfriend, and this was a new boyfriend, so they weren't too familiar with him. Um, I thought it was kind of unique when I asked about where did she go to school? I guess she had gone to one of the schools in the city of Buffalo, the Buffalo Public Schools. Um, And they talked about her love of shopping. And what's ironic is that the items that they recovered from the house where she was uh, reportedly last seen, she had just gone shopping and she had bought some new clothes. And those were some of the items that her mom recovered. Um, she was about to start a new job. The mom wasn't quite sure about where this new job was, but that's what really got them suspicious because she was about to start a new job and then you just don't show up, you don't appear. And she had a younger sibling who was going to be having a birthday and a birthday party, and they knew that's something that she was excited about. Um, so definitely um, a family-oriented young woman uh, at the age of 22. and. Not sure, the family's not sure how she got caught up or why she was in a relationship that they would now characterize as abusive. Um, Totally opposite of the type of family that they are. And, you know, her being just 22 years old, about to start a new job, she really had her whole life ahead of her. And in March then, Tierra Lott's family would hold a vigil Tell us about that day, what they had to say about Tierra and about the investigation at that point. So they did hold a vigil. Um, you know, while they were thankful that the detectives were got on top of this case and her body was found, they really wanted to make it clear that there should have been some type of alert. Um you know, obviously she's 22, so she doesn't fall into the amber alert or the silver alert for a person who is elderly. But they really wanted it made clear that when this happens, some you need to take it serious from day one. Um, and we know that law enforcement is bombarded with so many cases. 
But when somebody comes to you and a mother is pleading and saying, my daughter's missing, she has not been heard from, and then you present evidence, a video chat or text messages where she's pretty much saying, I'm in danger if something happens to me. I mean, who says if something happens to me, if they're not in danger? That's not just something you automatically say or just put out there. And so that was their concern that um, cases like this really be taken more seriously. And then, you know, they also felt that if this had happened to a 22-year-old woman, maybe from the suburbs, would you have taken it more serious? Was it because she came from the east side of Buffalo, where some of the parts of the east side are not as affluent? Um, They may not have as much. So does my life not matter as much as somebody else's or my daughter's life not matter as much as a 22-year-old in a different community? So that, you know, was very apparent and they made it clear. And so it makes you stop and think. And I will say that after the death of Tierra Lott, um, there were other missing persons and young people. And every day on the news, it was out there. Most of our listeners, I think, are likely familiar with the alert systems that you mentioned, the Amber Alert system that's used when children go missing, the Silver Alert system that's used when elderly folks go missing. But there is now a much newer alert system that some states are using that a lot of us probably aren't as familiar with. Tell us about the Ashanti's Alert notification system. What is it and and why was it created? So Ashanti was um, a young woman uh, who had gone away to college and um, her father got a phone call that she was missing and ultimately her body was found across state lines. And so when the father got the call, he immediately went to the Virginia area to try and do what he needed to do to get his daughter. And then he said, okay, well, he got with police. He was like, well, we need to get an alert. We need to get the alert out. And they told him there is no alert. And he was like, there is no alert. And it shocked him because, as I mentioned, there's an amber alert, there's a silver silver alert. And so what he worked to um, get was something called Ashanti's alert, where if you're like 18 to 64 or over 18, if you fall in between that amber alert age and that silver alert age, that there is some type of notification system that is sent out. And it doesn't just affect just your state, but it goes across state lines so that individuals who are missing, um, people can be aware to be on the lookout for them. And so... Um, I spoke with Mr. Billy, who lives in South Carolina, and um, you know his push now is to make sure that this is in every state. It was signed by President Trump, I believe, in 2018, um, and so it appears even in New York State, it's really not enforced, and it has to do with funding. How do you fund this system? Um, I do know that there are a group of local community activists in Buffalo right now who are working with um, one of our state senators, Tim Kennedy, or at least they are meeting with him because they are trying to put the pressure on um, to get this system here. And their perfect example is Tierra Lot. What if there was an alert system that was put out right away? Because it's believed, the family believes that she was still alive 
she didn't die right away. They believe that when she was sending those text messages, when when that video chat went out, that she was alive and she was pleading to be saved. Could something have been done? And so that's what Ashanti's alert, um, they believe something like Ashanti's alert would have helped. Getting back to the investigation into her death, five months after Tierra Lott's body was found, we learned of a person of interest in her killing. Take us through the latest developments there. So the latest that we know is that there's a federal arrest warrant out, a federal arrest warrant. Um, And his name is Andre Wiggum. Um, They have put out posters. The same picture that we saw from the family the day we interviewed them is is one of the pictures that we are seeing um, being circulated. So Andre Wiggum is the the boyfriend? Andre Wiggum is the boyfriend. Um, That is the boyfriend that the the parents or the family of Tierra Lot identified. Um, he is the man that um, U.S. Marshals are looking for, and it is in connection with her death. Uh, that is very apparent. That's very clear. And right now, he is still a wanted man. Um, and there is, you know, everybody is asked to look out for this man. How has the family responded to this latest development? Are they hopeful that it might be a step toward justice for Tierra? Um, when the last time I spoke with the mom, um, she told me, I just want justice for my daughter. So yes, they want him caught. They wanted him. One of the things they were upset about, they wanted his face out there from day one, from the time she went missing, Mm. because they felt that if people saw him, they could turn him in or more pressure could, could be put on him. But the police weren't quick to, um, identify anybody as a person of interest. I mean, you're right. We're just hearing about this person of interest that the federal, um, that the U.S. Marshals are looking to find now. I mean, did it really take all this time during your investigation to come to the conclusion that this was the last person she was seen with, especially if that video um, from surveillance camera in the area, if it's enhanced, if it shows him or if it truly shows that car, um, why wouldn't he be a person of interest? So those are some of the questions and things that the family, you know, said, because as we discussed, they were doing their own investigation. They were out there day and night. Claudine Ewing with WGRZ in Buffalo. You'll have to keep us posted as this case develops. Thanks for sharing the story. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new episode every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast on whatever app you're listening on right now. If you're looking for more true crime, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows, including our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. Reed Redmond.